0: Good morning on a very cold, cold, icy morning here in central Oklahoma, at least on the 22nd of January, 2024. Yes, we have, um, some of you emailed me and messaged me to make sure I knew about the ice that was coming in. Oh, we knew, <laughs> we knew. Um, I stepped out on my porch this morning, On it was covered, so it was fine, and about an hour and a half ago, I put some uh, de stuff just in the area around my porch where it's something I could easily do from where I was standing without going down on it. And then a few minutes ago, an hour and a half after I did that, I went there, put my foot down on one place where I'd put that and it slipped. Now I didn't fall or anything was I'm fine, but it's a, it's an, it's a skating rink in my area. And so I stood on my porch and added more of the de icerp stuff as far as I could fling it. We'll see if we'll be able to leave the house before noon today, which is when it should be warm enough that it's, safe to go out and about. Um, My local weatherman posted on his uh, public figure Facebook page that he has that his plane tried to go from Dallas to Oklahoma City and had to turn around and land back in Dallas. And then he showed a clip of something similar happening to someone flying from Chicago to Tulsa because they're dealing with this too. And they had to go all the way back to uh, Chicago. So (laughs) it's a nice day here. And I'm seeing in, um, I'm seeing here in the live chat that there are people here, also dealing with similar kind of weather even in Australia not that obviously not ice down there but they're getting ready for some torrential downpour so um it's good morning to everybody and let's get right to our story here we've got this fun story out of Italy of Francis basically being rebuked by the Italian bishops it involves a cardinal who had been or an archbishop who had been a key figure in the in the formerly Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, having been sent out to the hinterlands because he rejected an interesting statement back in 2021 and early the next year in 2022, he was sent away. And now the Italian bishops have, have rallied around that figure. So that is a rebuke of Francis. So let's get some context here. We're going to go here, start with this story from January 11th, 2022, two years ago. Um He came from the Catholic herald, which in hindsight shows us that not only was Francis preparing to authorize the blessings of James Martin pairings from the highest reaches of the Vatican two years ago, but that he's going to punish anyone in a position of power who gets in the way of that goal. So from you get the headline from Catholic herald two years ago, Pope demotes Vatican official who championed statement against blessings of James Martin types. Pretty important statement here. It's, um, Again, we a lot at the time when this happened, they tried to make it sound like that wasn't the reason they demoted him, that there might have been another reason. But hindsight makes it very clear that this was that it's a 2020 vision here. Um so in 2021, again, the then Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith issued a statement saying that the church cannot bless sin and cannot bless James Martin pairings. You may remember that because people started asking questions after Fiducia supplicants contradicted that statement, asking how do these two things work together and you saw like grade a mental gymnastics from the Vatican and from Pope's planners and things like that. In fact, I remember in 2021 when this statement was initially issued because a lot of Catholics were jubilant thinking that Francis had finally made a Catholic ruling on something that there was a step too far even for him and that at least on this issue we'd be fine. There were even a few who compared his the CDF statement of 2021 with Humanae Vitae, which is Ironic now because the Pope's splainers compare fiducia supplicants to humane vitae. I've got a video, a normal video that's not a live stream later in the week on that for you. But here's what the article had to say about this in brief. Quote, Pope Francis has demoted an influential archbishop as he begins a shakeup of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. He has removed Archbishop Giacomo Morandi from his post as secretary of the CDF and appointed him diocesan bishop of Reggio Emilia Gustaia, Italy. The archbishop who will retain his episcopal rank ad personam, meaning he got put in charge of a normal diocese that a bishop who runs a normal diocese is just a bishop, not an archbishop, but he will still be called he will still be have the title of an archbishop. We'll call it highly unusual. He said, quote, was seen as a driving force behind a statement by the CDF in March of 2021, which ruled that the Catholic Church did not have the power to offer liturgical blessings to James Martin types. There's no evidence to suggest, however, that Archbishop Morandi was demoted because of his work on the statement. This is where it gets more interesting. Some Italian blogs have speculated instead that the Pope might have moved against Archbishop Morandi because he opposed the impositions of new restrictions against the celebration of the traditional Latin Mass, meaning he opposed Traditionis Custodis as well. Some of this was fueled by a meeting between Archbishop Morandi and Pope Francis on December 18th, 2021. Yes, December eighteenth, twenty twenty-three was the year Fiducia Supplicans was issued. It's interesting how the Feast of the Expectation of Our Lady keeps coming up in these stories. That was the day when further restrictions against the Latin Mass were announced in highly controversial response to, it, to dubia about Traditionis Custodis. Yes, December eighteenth, the Feast of the Expectation of Mary, twenty twenty-one was the year that Traditionis Custodis Part Two, the clarification of it, was issued by Cardinal Roach. The uh, the Vatican sources told the Pillar website that his departure is not directly connected to the responsa, which introduced further restrictions, prompting questions about its legality and that such speculation was nonsensical, end quote. So again, note how this bishop was guilty of opposing Traditionis Custodis, and note how the article has, makes clear that they had an argument two years prior to the release of Fiducia Supplicants to the day. Weird how these dates work out. Well, regardless... He eventually was removed from his office and moved to the relative hinterlands of Italy to be a bishop despite being an archbishop. He was punished for defending basic Catholicism 101 and for defending the traditional liturgy of the church. Again, I have no idea where this bishop stands on other issues, and I don't think that matters that much for this story because here's, our ma- here's what happened just a few days ago. Headline from the same outlet, Catholic Herald, Italian bishops counter Pope by promoting sacked CDF secretary. They just promoted him to one of the highest, to, to the most important positions in the that part of Italy's episcopate. He is now representing this bishop who rejected fiducia supplicants, basically, before it was a thing, and who rejected traditionis custodius, has now been made a key figure in the Italian episcopate. So this is, uh, this is interesting here. So let's just go right to a quote. Italian bishops appeared to have delivered a snub to Pope Francis by promoting a Vatican official who, had the, pope, who the Pope sacked months after the official authored a key document prohibiting liturgical blessings for double S types. Archbishop Giacomo Mirandi, 58, was dismissed by the Holy Father soon after the then known Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, now the DDF, for which Mirandi served as secretary, ruled in 2021 against the legitimacy of, of liturgical blessings for double S types. But on 15th of January, Mirandi was elected as the new leader of the Bishop's Conference of Emilia-Romagna, a key northern region of Italy that centers on the city of Bologna. He is now the head of of an Episcopal Bishop's Conference. That's a big deal. Archbishop Morandi was seen as the driving force behind the Vatican's rejection of double S blessings when the CDF published a response about dubia to a question about the legitimacy of such blessings. The statement was issued with the authority of Pope Francis only after Archbishop Morandi insisted that the matter was addressed in response to repeated calls by several German bishops for double S blessings. Archbishop Morandi, a distinguished canon lawyer, joined the CDF as an undersecretary in 2015 and was promoted to secretary, the second highest position just two years later. In response to the question, does the church have the power to give the blessing to unions of of the type in question, the CDF, under his guidance, answered negative. In an accompanying explanation, the CDF said, God does not and cannot bless sin. He was identified as the author of the March 2021 document, which is still binding, but by the end of the year, he was demoted to diocesan bishop of Reggio emilia Gustaia, Italy. He was promoted to retain his archiepiscopal rank ad personam, effective in name only. Archbishop Morandi also opposed the imposition of new restrictions against the celebration of the traditional mass, which were introduced in December that year through the Traditionis Custodis, a papal motu proprio or an act of the Pope's initiative, a way of exercising autocratic government within the Holy See. At the time, rumors that Morandi's departure was linked to his responsium counter move was denied by the Vatican sources as, quote, nonsensical. They said the move was an early step in a reshuffle to allow the Pope to reform and ultimately appoint a new head of the doctrinal department, now known as the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. The new prefect of the DDF turned out to be Argentine Art Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, the maverick author of that book we've spent so much time talking about. All right, so, end quote there. That is what has happened. The bishops of uh, Northern Italy rebuked Francis by taking an unmistakable action. They appointed one of his adversaries, someone who had displeased him greatly, who defied him on what would become Fiducia. supplicants, who openly rejected Traditionus Custodus. They made him the president of of their Episcopal Conference. Before anybody asks, no, he's not Pablo Bile. He's not a cardinal. That's not gonna happen. And he's certainly not going to be made a cardinal anytime soon. In fact, he is an archbishop running a normal diocese, not an archdiocese, and a weirdly vindictive move by Francis. I'm going to check briefly here for the just check the chat. I'm just checking the live chat like now. Um commenting on the weather that i'm dealing with here ill summit homestead says i'll take the heat over snow ice any day shoveled snow for three decades in the eu yuck yeah we're uh having to be careful here last night here in central oklahoma we are cut it looks like a skating rink outside my house right now um (laughs) time says this guy's popular we don't know what he where he stands and other things remember the all the errors that we started seeing really overtly in the '60s and '70s were dead. Were implemented by priests who said the and bishops who said the traditional mass. Merely defending the traditional mass means he has at least good taste in liturgy or doesn't have any animosity towards people dedicated to that mass. There's more to being a, being you know happy, you know a good leader in the church than just correct liturgical opinions. Mike Rizzio says, the dates are signs in the way and new way ministry. I Yeah, I do. The feast of the expectation of Our Lady is one week to the day before the nativity of our Lord, before Christmas Day. Now, think about that for a second. December 8th, that's Our Lady reflecting on the fact that she will very soon be holding in her arms the Savior and everything that goes with that, because she absolutely knew who, who it was she carried. She knew that, you know, that nonsensical Protestant Christmas song, you know, Mary, did you know? Yes, the answer is yes, she knew. And the, that feast day is a day meant to reflect on that. It was removed from the liturgical calendar, I think, for the 1954 liturgical reforms that were one of the express purposes of that was to pare down the number of Marian feast days and a few other things that were considered redundant. And a lot of traditionalists are dedicated to the pre-54, 55 uh, liturgical reform. And it's odd that that date keeps coming up as days that they issue some really nasty things. Um, but yes, that is what is, that is what they have done. The Italian bishops have essentially said the, that they, this is a symbolic rejection of Francis's program. Now there's more to this though. Um, in general, you're going to see, I think there's got to be a response from, from Italy, right. Or from the Italian or towards the Italian bishops from Francis. There has to be one. They cannot let a slight like this go. But then again, who knows, right? I mean, Francis just gave this, uh, what sounds like a great homily this weekend about needing to, how Catholics should not spend so much time on the violence of social media and reflect more on the word of God and things. All sounds fine and dandy, but he has, there's reasons why he doesn't want you on social media. And I don't think has much to do with nasty arguments online. Now, I do want to bring you something else here that this is, um, Cardinal Mueller had this, gave a homily this weekend, it's uh, homily on the occasion of the feast of Saint Agnes of Agony, who's a cardinal title the German cardinal holds. So he has it's, it's cardinals in the Roman Curia, or who have essentially honorary positions, still have like a, essentially a parish or basilica in Rome or near Rome that they that is their like titular see, and that's going to be his. So I'm going to give you this as best I can, because he says some pretty spicy things here. So we're going to have this on screen. Let's just double check to make sure that this is large enough for you to see. And so this was a homily he gave this weekend. It says, quote, The criticism of our elder brothers and Christians of ancient polytheism is not at all that the pagans turn their gaze towards a higher power, that they worship creatures as deities instead of the one true God. Although every human being is capable of recognizing the existence of God and his eternal power from the works of creation based on his reason. However, most people have been seduced by the glamour of the world, wealth, power, and fame. Paul summarized the tragedy that took place at the beginning of his letter to the Romans. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They worshiped the creature and honored it instead of the creator." In a nihilistic world in which the motto prevails, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we will be gone. See 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 32. The ideal of ascetic and self-sacrificing life of Christians must seem like a red rag on which a bull of enjoyment attacks life with a savage fury. What in the ancient world was the following of idols, today is the following of the personality of the rich, the beautiful and the powerful. But even for the frivolous uh, elites of the so that organization of their secretly that runs everything and the arrogant elites of those who are pushing their end of decade program, which, by the way, this is stuff I expect from Vigano, not from Mueller. Make note of that. The same holds true today, that the glory of the world will pass away and all men must perish one day. And even if their atrocities were silenced by the mainstream press and remained unknown to us, they cannot remain so before God and will not be able to escape the inexorable judgment of God's truth. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If this word of Holy Scripture is true, the conclusion is this. A priest of Christ cannot bless a sin against human nature in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's the point of me reading this to you. A priest cannot bless sin and do so in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Certainly, God loves everyone, but not everything. That is why it is not up to us to interpret divine love. But God himself reveals his love to the sinner as the only path to redemption. As much as I I live, oracle of the Lord God, I do not enjoy the the ending of the wicked, but may the wicked turn from their wickedness and live. Repent of your wicked ways. See Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. St. Agnes, whom we venerate today, was a Christian martyr in the final stages of the persecution of Christians in the Roman Empire. This virgin martyr represents the ideal of a new life in Christ our Lord and Redeemer. Catholics around the world admire the 12-year-old Roman girl for her heroism and venerate her as a saint and defender of our Christian youth. Regarding the passing dedicated to God of St. Agnes, the great father of the church, St. Ambrose of Milan, says, So in the single sacrifice there is a double martyrdom, that of virginity and that of worship. She remained a virgin and received the crown of martyrdom. True worship of God and authentic chastity of spirit and body depend on each other. The worship of idols, such as uh, activities suitable to the married state, money, and power, has, as the Apostle Paul explains, as a self-destructive consequence for our thoughts and behaviors, which must end in moral and spiritual perishing. For this reason, God abandoned them to vile passions, etc. I can't read that script, that line of scripture on YouTube. I have found out the hard way before. It's Romans chapter one, verses 26 to 32. The talking about uh, the James Martin things in rather graphic detail. Again, sacred scripture is very clear on this, as are our hosts in their lack of. Um, shall we say, tolerance for the word of God. But then he goes on, he says, the meaningless existence that the wicked lead under the rule of the idols of this world. Chastity is a Christian virtue, which arises from the worship of the one true God as creator and perfecter of our lives, expresses the recognition of the positive meaning of physicality in general and of in and of the matters of the flesh is created by God in general. In fact, God created human beings such as he did. You have been blessed in Christ with all the blessings of his spirit that you may manifest your love for one another. They may transmit life in the mutual love of parents and children in the succession of generations. In this way, spouses and parents participate in God's universal will of salvation. The fact that atheistic ideology of the flesh disturbs young people in the way they see themselves and understand reality, deceiving and seducing them to the point of doing things you're not allowed to say on this platform, is a proof of general misanthropy doesn't take much intelligence to understand the evil propaganda when, when these offenses are euphemistically veiled with the with phrase about uh, freedom and such. In reality, the human being is a natural unity of soul and body. By joyfully accepting the irreducible yes that the creator said to my existence in space and time, I can also accept myself. I'm a creature of God. In fact, we are all sons and daughters of the Father. We are brothers of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, and we are friends of the Holy Spirit. Christian morality, and in particular the sixth and ninth commandments do not commit, commit impure acts, have nothing to do with the training of the wild animal within us, nor within our instincts disciplined by pragmatic reason, as Kant thought. All the commandments that refer to man's relationship with himself and with his fellow men focus on love from person to person. Love makes the human being perfect, whether he lives voluntarily according to his charisma in a celibacy for the kingdom of heaven, or according to the divine vocation in marriage. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from immodesty, that you that each one knows how to maintain his own body with holiness and respect, not as an object of passion and lust, but like the pagans who do not follow God. Let no one offend and deceive his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all these things. As we have already told you and testified to you, God has not called us to impurity, but to sanctification. See First Thessalonians. St. Agnes helps us distinguish the truth of God from the lies of this new ideology. We entrust in particular the young to their intercession so they may discover the deep meaning of humanity, touched and transformed by the grace and light of the gospel, so that by fully living the dimension of faith they become witnesses of the eternal realities, of the incorruptible treasure of the kingdom of heaven. St. Agnes, pray for us. Amen. You know, I have noticed this with Cardinal Mueller. Well, thank you for the super chat that I'm just now noticing. Let me go back up to where the super chat is so I can put it on screen. Thank you, Chester. It is pre- or Cleophas, is appreciated. From the heart of Dixie, Sweet Home, Alabama. Well, I'm hoping that your your weather events lately have been better than mine. But uh thank you for the super chat, it is appreciated. The um something I've noticed about Mueller lately, he is sounding more and more like Vegano. I can't be the only one who's noticed this. That one that's that Holly sound like a milder version of stuff Vigano has been saying lately. Do you think that's a coincidence? I don't know. All I know is that it, it really does look like Cardinal Mueller is waking up more and more to the interplay between the evils going on that are promoted by the Vatican these days and the evils going on in the secular world. Remember, it was just a, a decade ago that he was the the prefect for the then congregation for the doctrine of the faith under Francis. And that he was dismissed after a Letitia because he couldn't do the mental gymnastics to defend it anymore. And since then, he has basically had nothing to do but write books and write these kind of letters. And it's interesting to watch him develop because he was—if you go back and look at where he, what he was considered beforehand, he was considered a liberal theologian. He was considered essentially like—I'm not <laughs> it was not considered like Fernandez. <laughs> let's let's not overstate it, but he was definitely not considered um, somebody who was resisting modern errors. So it's interesting to see his development on this. Final Femme continues the uh, the Sweet Home Alabama lyrics. Yes. Um, Good morning from the Diocese of Tyler. Good morning to you. Hopefully one step forward for Mueller without backsliding. We'll see. Um, Good morning to everybody else checking into the chat not much else for the day. I do have a news video going live in about half an hour that you should all check out. It's an interesting story to say the least. I think it dovetails nicely with what we're talking about here, but uh, make sure to hit like, if you haven't, it would help a lot, but, uh, yeah, are because right now, um, the modernists in Rome are grappling with something. They do not, they, they are very clearly confused about the consequences of fiducia supplicants. And I've got a nice story for you in about 20 minutes about that. So 25 minutes. So go check that out when it goes live here at 5 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's, um, take it as another good sign. If you want some good news, take it as more good news because they're very confused and they're being confused about their own errors is a good sign for us. JP says, what should I do if my parish refuses to give me communion, kneeling and on the tongue? Um, you have the you have the canonical rights to that. It's your right under canon law. And I would first talk to the priest after mass. And if he says he refuses, then I would find another parish. You, that's what I would do. I know that sounds flippant for a lot of people. A lot of us drive a long distance for for a good mass. It, it's and we are living in that in times where that's more and more likely to happen. Jose says he had looked for me on uh, today. I did not appear on his feed. I, yeah, I know that's been happening lately. It's been happening for the last couple of weeks. Actually. I've noticed that, um, the algorithm does one of these kind of things, right? Where it's, uh, sends it out to some people and then not others and it, you know, periodically changes. And that's happened to me this last month. So, um, all right, folks, if there is, if that is everything, just remember our main story today was the, uh, Bishops of Italy apparently don't like France as much and have appointed somebody who faced his wrath already to, to a key position. Thank you, JP Murphy for the super sticker. It is greatly appreciated. Anthony Thomas, fine metals and gems is getting banned because he's a, he's a protest He is a Protestant trying to lead people out of the church in my live chat. And I have zero tolerance for that. So goodbye. Anyway, thanks for tuning in today, folks. And as always, pray for the church and pray for that person that I just, who who basically went into our chat accusing us for, of idolatry for venerating our lady. As always, like I said, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.